0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 48 of the Computer Business Marketing Show. Today's episode is brought to you by Tech Reputation, Tech Reputation offers IT business owners a simple and effective way to manage, acquire, and market their positive reviews online. In addition, the online dashboard includes the ability to enter your company details once and have it published automatically to over 60 directory and review sites and keep it updated, synchronized, and without duplication. For a 14-day free trial, visit techreputation.com TSB. And for 10% off your setup and monthly subscription... Uh, use the coupon code TSB10. Uh, That's TSB10 at techreputation.com slash TSB. And it's brought to you by Tech Blog Builder. Tech Blog Builder is the blog writing service for IT businesses. We craft content that converts website visitors into customers with 100% unique, SEO-ready, professionally written blog posts delivered on a consistent schedule. Learn more at techblogbuilder.com. On today's show, I will dig into the anatomy of an effective blog post. I'll cover eight tips to follow to make sure that the posts you write for your business blog get read and get you readers and get them to take action and hire you. All that and so much more coming up right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Computer Business Marketing Show. If you own or work in an IT services business, this is the place to learn how to get more clients, keep them happy, and grow your revenue. You can watch, download, and or subscribe to all show episodes at ComputerBusinessMarketing.com. You can also catch our live stream on Facebook every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Just be sure to like the Tech Site Builder Facebook page, click the following tab, and then select See First! so that the video will jump to the top of your newsfeed and you can check it out. You can catch the pre-show that we do before the show where we talk about the weather and we talk about uh, what's going on with everyone in the chat uh, and Facebook, and it's a grand old time. So definitely would love you to join us there. Uh, The topic for today's episode is uh, it's all about me. (laughs) Well, not really, but I don't have a guest, so I am going to be talking to myself about... Uh, how to write an effective blog post. So the 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 title of this is The Anatomy of an Effective Blog Post. And so we're going to go kind of step-by-step, piece-by-piece through eight, uh, eight things that you should want to make sure that you include in a blog post when you're writing it for your business. And uh, we're going to jump into that here in a minute. But first, I uh, just want to remind you guys about the Computer Business Marketing Newsletter. That is the newsletter that you can sign up for, and every week you'll get a, uh, a message delivered to your inbox with some marketing tips and tricks, specifically curated for IT businesses. Uh, so we talk about uh, we have the latest podcast episode in there, and then we've got a lot of other different articles from around the internet about different aspects of marketing, and uh, and we have some of the group posts from the Facebook group. So, in case you know you're not in Facebook all day like I am, you can use the uh, uh, the newsletter to see kind of the the popular topics from the Facebook group. See what other computer business owners are talking about, and then there's always the tip of the week a little a little tip that I throw out there to keep you motivated, to get you thinking uh, about some different angles and different ideas about marketing your computer business. So that is available at computerbusinessmarketing.com. Just head over there and there's a form at the top. Just fill it out, put in your name and your email address, and you will be subscribed to the newsletter. We'd love to uh, love to see you there. And that's kind of an extension of the show. So if you like the show, then uh, you'll definitely like the newsletter. And uh, we, we put some time into it to make sure it's valuable for you. So definitely check that out. Okay. So, uh, I asked the folks in the, uh, in the Facebook group who are watching this live to ask questions and I got my first question and that is, uh, what has been your favorite podcast moment so far? And that is a great question. And that's one I have to think about. I'm not prepared to answer that because I don't know. There've been a lot of good ones. Gosh. Uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll have to think about that. Um, let me let me let me get back to you on that one uh the, i I love every episode honestly it's it's a lot of fun I mean there's nothing that really sticks out over any other uh moment um I love like the episodes I did with Paco when he was the the guest host or the the co-host of the show um I also like some of the the early episodes when I was just getting started and just starting to to figure out this whole podcasting thing um but yeah, I don't. I don't really have like a standout moment that uh, that that stands out. It's just kind of been a, a fun ride so far. So yeah, great. If you guys have any more questions, uh, <laughs> even if they're totally off topic like that one, just throw them in the throw them in the chat, and I'll I'll answer them on the show. Uh, okay, so the uh, computer business marketing newsletter is there, uh, and I want to introduce a new sponsor. So we have a new sponsor of this episode, and it is uh, a business you'll recognize because we interviewed the founder last week, and that is uh, Tech Reputation. Tech Reputation is a place, uh, a service you can sign up for to easily generate more online reviews for your IT business. So we've talked on this show about review funnels, and basically the way, and that's what the service is. Basically, the way that works is anytime uh, you know you finish doing a service for a customer, this uh, tech reputation takes over and it automatically sends out an email to your customers asking for a review. And we know uh, that reviews are kind of the lifeblood of uh, businesses these days online. If someone's looking for a business to do business with, they're doing research online, they're looking at those five stars or there's four stars or God forbid those three stars that might show up uh, in Google or in Facebook or wherever your business is listed, Yelp, one of those platforms. So you want to make sure that you're getting good reviews, you're getting lots of reviews. Not only does that help your business look good, it also helps with search engine optimization and all of the algorithms of all these listing places usually put at the top, the people who have the most reviews and the best reviews. So we're talking, so we're covering how to get more reviews. And that is by setting up the funnel automatically, emailing your clients, asking them for a review, then it'll allow you to point them in the right direction of what place you want them to review. Uh, Google, Facebook, Yelp, uh, all the, all the, you know, the choices that are out there, you can direct them to the place you want them to leave a review not only that, but if the person has a bad experience, so they're, they're going to leave a negative review, it will redirect them to you so that you can take care of it and help them through it and make sure that you can turn, spin that bad experience into a good experience. So it, uh, basically, you know, it'll say, did you have a good experience or a bad experience? Or, you know, you, you, you rate your, your experience as the customer. If it's anything below a certain threshold, it'll forward that, forward them back to you they'll be able to leave you a message and and tell you why they had a bad experience before they get a chance to leave a bad review online. And then it's also got a cool dashboard where you can see uh, and manage all of your reviews and get kind of an overview of of how you're doing. Uh, Very slick dashboard. Uh, You can also monitor all of the alerts across all your, your different platforms. You can also curate and display your best reviews from all these different places on your website or on some other places online. So that's a great way to kind of, you know, have an automated way to get the fresh, new, good, positive reviews showing up on your website. Um, And uh, you can also, um, it it also has some kind of behind the scenes SEO benefit. So it will um, let you take control of your business information online. So there's all the different online directories that, you might either subscribe to to put your information up there or they just crawl the web looking for new businesses and business listings to grab on the information and then they put you up on their directory and then you might update your phone number or something but that business directory doesn't reflect that change you made so people will be seeing the old phone number and they might call the old phone number and then you won't get the phone call. So uh, it's important to make sure that your those are called citations. The citations for your business across the internet are all uh, kept in sync and so, Tech Reputation also is able to do that for you, um, and that's a really cool tool. It integrates with Repair Shopper. Soon, it's going to integrate with Tech Site Builder, and it integrates with a couple other uh, apps that are out there. So you can connect it to whatever you need. So if someone fills out, you know, a Repair Shopper, uh, uh, you know, a help ticket, um, an invoice, and then they pay the invoice, and then you know, a certain amount of time later, you s- it automatically will generate the Tech Reputation review request. And so it's a great service. I highly recommend you check it out. And to top that all off, uh, Ramey, the founder, is offering listeners of this podcast an exclusive 10% discount on the service. And that's 10% off the monthly plan that you pay. So that's for as long as you're on the platform. Uh, To take advantage of that, just use the coupon code TSB10. Uh, so head on over to techreputation.com slash TSB. That's the special link that we have just for listeners of this show. And then when you check out, be sure to use the coupon code TSB10 and that'll give you 10% off your Tech Reputation services. Uh, All righty, so that is that. Let's go ahead and jump in to the featured topic. So the featured topic for today is the anatomy of effect an effective blog post? So, as you guys know, uh, I released a new service called Tech Blog Builder, and that's you know a service that uh, will we will write uh, an effective blog post for your computer b- business. Um, now, what does effective mean? Uh, I like to be fully transparent in the services I provide. I also like to give you guys the tools you need to do anything that I can do. So with Tech Site Builder or with Tech Blog Builder, none of the stuff I'm doing is rocket science. None of it is proprietary. It's all just good old-fashioned, grassroots, good marketing. And so um, with the Tech Blog Builder, the blogs we write kind of follow a formula for effectiveness. And uh, I want to go over that formula, talk about the eight things that we uh, we have a little checklist that we do when we're writing blog posts. The eight things that we make sure to do as we're writing the blog posts, and uh, and I want you guys to have that. So if you want to go out and write your own blog posts, that's great. Please do so. Uh, no one could write a blog post for your business better than you can. Um, so that's definitely the ideal situation. However, if you're too busy or um, you know you, you're not the best writer, uh, and you might have to look in the mirror and and ask yourself honestly, am I a good writer? Uh, if not, then uh, you know a service like Tech Blog Builder might be a good bet for you—a good thing to try. Um, but if you want to uh, give blog writing a shot for yourself, uh, listen up because we're going to talk about how to make an effective blog post. Blog post. First of all, I wanted to kind of go over what makes why why blogging is important in the first place, and I think of of all the ways you can. Um, Generate content for your business, and we're talking content marketing here. So this is very uh, this is very much you know non-aggressive, uh, passive marketing. I-, I like content marketing because you could do something once and then put it out in the world, and then it'll be out there forever. So you can write a bunch of blog posts and each blog post will stand on its own and be there. You can continue to push people to it. You can continue to promote it. Uh, people can continue to find it. So that that's a great thing about uh, content marketing. I also like blog posts in particular because you can write the blog post and then you could take that content and put it in your newsletter. You can create a video about that and make a video. You can turn it into a podcast like I'm doing now. <laughs> uh, this the, the points I'm going to go over now were originally a webinar. So you can you know take your blog post and make a webinar or whatever. But a blog post is a good starting point for lots of other things you can do with that content. Plus, uh, another benefit of writing consistent blog posts is it's great for SEO. Uh, one of the ranking factors of Google, uh, that is what Google looks for to, to see if your website is worthy of pushing up the search engine results when someone is searching for computer repair or whatever. Uh, one of those ranking factors is um, is the uh, the freshness of the content you produce. And it's also the relevance of the content you produce and it's also, um, the, uh, the length of the content you produce. So a lot of the, the ranking factors that Google looks at has to do with your content. So the more it goes to say then that, that the more content you put out in the world, the more blog posts you create, the more chances Google has to see you as an authority to index all those pages and to put those pages up on the search results when someone's searching for the particular topic you're talking about in that blog post. Finally, uh, the blog writing consistent content in the blog or anywhere helps to strengthen your existing relationships with your clients. So, you know, you can, you know, uh, work with a client, fix their computer or whatever, and then, you know, they're happy, you're happy, they take off and they never hear from you again. That's not an ideal situation because then, two years from now, when their computer breaks or they're hired at this company and that company needs IT support, they are like they they forget about you and then they go in the yellow pages or they go online and your website doesn't show up and then they hire somebody else. That's the worst case scenario. So with blogging, you're able to keep fresh content in front of your customers. So when you create a blog post, you share it on your social media accounts. Make sure your customers are following you on your social media accounts. Uh, and you can also take that blog post and throw it in your newsletter and then send your customers your newsletter once a month or so. Uh, and then they're consistently getting value from you even after they've purchased your services. So those are some benefits of consistently writing blog posts. Greg in the chat says, consistency is my problem. Yes. Um, Consistency uh, is tough. Uh, Believe me. uh, It's hard for me to do this podcast every week, but uh, um, I got it on the calendar and I got all you guys waiting for it. So that helps keep me going. Um, so sometimes you need that extrinsic motivation. A good uh, technique is to let your customers know, hey, I'm going to be writing a weekly blog post with you know, computer tips. Uh, so be sure to check out, uh, be sure to tune in for that. And then you know, you've got a bunch of people that are waiting for your weekly tip. Uh, so that keeps you kind of motivated to keep that weekly tip going. So let your clients know, let your friends or family know, just kind of put it out there saying, hey, I'm going to do this. And then people are going to be waiting for it. And then if you don't do it, they're going to come to you and say, "Hey, where was the your weekly blog post?" And then you're like, "Oh, okay, I kind of fell off the wagon. Let me get back on." And then you can continue to do it. So, yeah. So yeah, that's a that's a great point, though. Consistency is is important, and it's hard. It's hard to stay consistent. So that's cut. Uh, you know I'll plug the the service again but that's kind of why tech blog builder is out there right because you sign up for tech blog builder we consistently write those blog posts for you so you don't even have to worry about it and uh and you can get some good results so let's go into the eight parts uh the the eight parts of an effective blog post number 1 and we're kind of starting from the top of the post and working our way down if you're thinking of a blog post and you're reading it from the top down we're kind of going to go in that kind of order so we're going to start with say it with me, the headline or the title, uh, you know, the, the thing at the top of the blog post. Now, the headline you, the headline's super important. It's the first thing people see when they're going to look at the blog post. Also, when you share it on social media, it's, it shows up nice and bold underneath the image that you have and we'll talk about images in a second, but the the title shows up nice and bold. Sometimes they don't even see the body of the of the post. It's just the title that shows up, like like Twitter, for example. So you want to make sure that the that the title is captivating, but that it also is, you know, getting the point across about what the blog post is actually about. So I have some formulas that I like to use for titles that have been proven to work well. Um and that you can use when you're like trying to think like, what should I make the title be of this blog post? You can use uh, these formulas to kind of craft a title. So one of the formulas is result plus a period of time, plus um, alleviating any objections that the reader might have. So of course, we got to give you an example. So say you're trying you're writing a blog post about um You know, ways to speed up your computer. Like if you have a slow computer, you want to make it faster. um, How can you speed up a slow computer? So, the the title for that using this formula would be in the first spot is result. So, that is uh, a faster computer. So, maybe something like how to speed up your computer, right? That's the result. After you read this article, you will learn how to speed up your computer. So, the first part of the title is how to speed up your computer. The middle part is a period of time. So you want people to, to see that they'll be able to do this quickly. Because another thing when people are reading blog posts or they're online, they're probably short on time. They're, they're scrolling through their feed. They want to, you know, get through stuff really quickly. So you want to let them know that this is not going to take a week to implement or they're not going to have to be in front of their computer all afternoon to do this. So let's say maybe like 10 minutes. So, you know, you could tell them to do a couple things in, in Windows, uh, empty the recycle bin or, uh, Clear their temporary files, uh, maybe run a utility, um, and it should all take ten minutes. So, so now we have the result plus the period of time. So it's how to speed up your computer in ten minutes. So that right there is is a decent title: how to speed up your computer in ten minutes. But when someone's reading, uh, again, when someone's about to read this blog post, and they're like, they see this title: how to speed up your computer in ten minutes. They might think to themselves, they might have objections in their mind that will prevent them from reading the article. One of the objections was, "I don't have time." so you addressed that with the time part of it." But then another objection might be, "Oh, you know, I've heard this before. This is like those you know those uh those those scam." companies that say hey we can speed up your computer just you know give us your credit card number or you know download this the software but you can't use it until you pay us so it's like th- there's that scammy software that that tries to tune up your computer but ends up just hosing it so maybe that's what they think when they see the title how to speed up your computer in 10 minutes so that might be an objection so you want to address that objection right up at the front in the title so we would say the whole, our whole title now would be how to speed up your computer in 10 minutes without using any software. So uh, that would be a great title for a post about speeding up your computer. Um, I'd love for the folks in the chat to come up with their own title using this formula. So, you know, like if, if there's a service that you want to promote in your next blog post, what would be your title using the result, period of time, address objections, uh, Formula, let me know in the chat. I'd love to see what you guys come up with. Um, Now, there's a couple other formulas. Really quick, one formula is to ask a question and then either just ask a question that that someone might ask. Like, for example, um, how do I uh, uh, if your computer is running slowly? You would say, "Is your computer running slowly?" or "Would you like to know how to speed up your computer?" Some kind of like question, like to get them to say, yeah, yeah, uh, sure, yeah. Let me. Uh, what do you got? Uh, I want to know. Um, just to get pique their interest. It's a psychological thing. But if you ask a question, the person in their mind attempts to answer it or attempts to like participate by answering the question in their head. So you could say something like, "Is your computer running slowly?" Question mark. And you put the question mark right there in the title. Um, in fact, it's been shown that titles that have some sort of punctuation, some sort of punctuation or symbols in them perform better. That is, people click on them more often than ones that don't. So uh, you could put in brackets, you could put in exclamation marks or question marks. So in this case, you would ask the question, is your computer running slowly? And then the rest of the title would be the answer to that question. Then you can say, here are five easy ways to speed it up. So the whole title for your blog would be computer running slowly, question mark. Here are five easy ways to speed it up. Exclamation mark. You can even end it with an exclamation mark. Um, That way, you know, again, all these titles, the person seeing it knows what to expect. And when they see that, they're going to, you know, you ask the question, is your computer running slowly? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, we have five easy ways to speed it up click, 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 click. They're going to click through. Um, And that's really the point of a title is to get someone to click. And that's like where the word clickbait comes from. Uh, So, you know, I have mixed feelings about clickbait. Clickbait, the bad kind of clickbait is the kind that gets you, makes you think the article is about something that it's not. Um, You know, like this, this famous celebrity, uh, you know, this famous celebrity will help you fix your computer. And then, Turns out in the blog post, it just mentions you know that some B list celebrity uh, you know mentioned a computer in in some you know TV show or something, and, but it's not it has nothing. To, the, the title is kind of misleading, um, so we don't want to do that. We don't want the title to be misleading, uh, but I, I think there are certain clickbaity things that can help. You know the the number like the five steps to blah 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 or seven ways to blah blah blah. Those lists. People love the lists because those are quick. You can kind of scan them. You can get the information you want, and it's kind of bam, 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 bam. Kind of like this This podcast. I have eight, uh, the anatomy of an effective blog post, eight ways to uh, create a, a blog post that's effective. So that's kind of what I'm doing with this uh, podcast as well. So those are some kind of formulas that you can use for your blog posts um, to, uh, to use that formula. Okay, let's see. Someone, uh, Greg, says in the chat... Become a cyber, become a cybersecurity warrior in minutes. Quick and simple tips. Okay, that's pretty good. It it's a little uh, it doesn't flow. I would maybe get rid of the uh, get rid of like the quick and part. Become a cybersecurity warrior in minutes with these with these simple tips or something like that. Become a cybersecurity warrior in minutes with these simple tips. There you go. What are you going to do? You're going to become a cybersecurity warrior. I like that cybersecurity warrior. That's very like rah rah. <laughs> let's go. Let's go kick some. Let's go kick some hackers' butts. Uh, and uh, and then you have a time frame in minutes with these simple tool, with these simple tips. Great. Perfect. Okay, so let's uh, move on. The next part of an effective blog post is to use images. And use relevant images. So I can't tell you the number of computer business blogs I go to that it's just a wall of text. It's just nothing but text. You know, if you think about it these days, what are the popular social media uh, platforms? Instagram, Snapchat, Pinterest, all of these social media platforms have one thing in common and that is images. They're primarily image sharing platforms. People love images. People can relate to images. It catches the eye, especially if you're going to be sharing the blog post to social media. Uh, If you've seen, you know, when a post gets shared to Facebook or something, it shows a nice big image there and then the title. So you want that image to be eye-catching. You want to use an image for sure. um, And you want the image to be relevant. So if, if I have, going back to my last example, if I have how to speed up your computer in 10 minutes without using any software... And then I have a picture of a palm tree. Not gonna, not, not, there's no connection there. Even like using an image of your logo for your business or your, the, the front of your store, that still is a disconnect because that's not what the post is about. The post is about how to speed up your computer in 10 minutes without using any software. So you might want to use what? Uh, an image of like a tortoise and a hare racing each other um, or, or like a Usain Bolt running in the Olympics. Uh, or, um, you know, uh, an alarm clock, you know, with the, that shows kind of like the time urgency. Uh, so something like that, right? Kind of a, a clever, eye-catching photo that that fits with your blog post. Um, so you want to keep it colorful. Uh, studies show that the best, uh, the, the images that perform the best, that is entice people to click on them, are the ones that include people. And most... Uh, and more importantly it includes people that are looking in the direction that you want someone to take an action. So if you know that's kind of hard because when you share it on social media you don't know where necessarily the link is going to be is it going to be above and below most of the time it's below. So if you could find an image of a person like looking down and pointing that's that's going to get people just subconsciously to click click the link. But either way just having a person a smiling person a smiling face a lot of times it's, it should be a good looking person like a model that's why in all the stock photos it's just a bunch of good looking people doing ordinary things like a beautiful model you know sitting at a keyboard in front of the computer or you know whatever but um and and i know we've seen those cheesy stock photos of like you know this model with like perfect hair is has a hammer is like working on a construction site or something and you know there's like they can't look that good and be working at a construction site. They would have to have grease or, or dirt or sweat or whatever. Um, but so, you know, definitely don't use the cheesy stock photos. Try to look for stock photos that look natural. Uh, but uh, definitely use images. Definitely use relevant images. Images also help with SEO. That's another ranking factor that Google looks for. Uh, Google knows that people prefer images in the content that they read. So Google will favor content that uses images over, uh, if all things being equal over another piece of content that does not have images. So that's something to keep in mind. Uh, The item number three for an effective blog post is uh, there's two different kinds of links. So the first one is called interlinking. And this is you want to make sure you include links in your post and where interlinking is concerned, you want to make sure that you're creating links in your blog post to other pages on your website. This really helps keep people engaged, keep people on your website. So for example, if I'm reading a blog post about speeding up your computer, and then uh, you're talking about you know performing Windows updates, and then a lot of times people get confused about how to perform Windows updates or they're not sure um, you know, how to do that or why it's important, you could link from there to another blog post you have about the importance of Windows updates, or you could link that to one of your managed services plans where you can say, hey, we'll take care of the updates for you so you don't even have to worry about it. Um, but it's, it, it's a way to keep people going, you know, crawling through your website uh, and give, showing them relevant pages on your site. Because the worst thing you can have happen is someone reads your blog post and then they leave and go somewhere else. You want them to be reading the blog post and then, hey, if there's a link that looks good and they click on it, that'll take them to some other page on your website that they probably wouldn't have known about if that link wasn't there. So that's, that's the first benefit of interlinking. The second benefit of interlinking is, of course, for SEO. So you know, we know Google is a search engine and the way it crawls the web is it follows links So it'll look at a page and then it'll look at all the links on that page and then it'll follow that link to where that link goes. And then from there, it'll continue the cycle. That's why they call it a web crawler. It crawls the web and follows the links. Uh, So we want to make sure that we have links for the search engines to follow. Also, the page you're linking to will get some benefit from that link because every link that points to a web page is like a vote of confidence in the eyes of Google for the page that it's linking to. So if I link to from my blog post about speeding up my computer to my service page about managed services where we will help uh, keep Windows up to date, that will tell Google that, hey, that managed services page is, is a decent page because it has a link pointing to it. And Google doesn't care if that link's coming from your own website or from another website. Uh, for the most part, in its eyes, a link is a link is a link. So definitely link to other pages. Don't go crazy, though. Just two or three links at most is all you need per, per blog post, but just go ahead and throw some links in there to some other pages on your site. It it definitely helps. All right. The point number four, uh, actually before we do that, uh, let's see. Jay in the chat says SEO complains. I don't have any external links and I don't want to send people away. Oh, we're going to get there. So you're, you're reading my mind. Uh, so uh, we'll get there. But first, point number four for an effective blog post is to vary up the formatting. So along the lines of the images, you want to make the blog post interesting. Uh, to make it interesting, you don't want it to be just a wall of text. Just You've seen those pages, right, where it's just it, sometimes there's not even a paragraph break. It's just a wall of text. And you look at that and you immediately are like, "Ugh." Oh, Unless it's like super important that you read this thing, it feels like work, it feels like homework. I'm just gonna go, you know, do something else. I'm gonna go look at cat videos. So, you want to break up the text not only into paragraphs, of course, short paragraphs, but also use headings. Uh, You want to uh, use lists like numbered lists and bullet lists. You wanna um, make some of your words or sentences bold or italic to emphasize certain points. Um, you can also embed different media, like we talked about images, but also videos or audio or tweets, or you know social media posts. keep keep adding stuff peppered throughout your um, your blog post, and that'll keep it engaging, keep it interesting, keep the person reading down because there's something new to catch their eye as they scroll down the page. So that's a real simple one. Just make sure that you're you're, you know, if you're using WordPress, just every now and then remember to go up to that toolbar where you can add bold or you can add bullet lists and just find some places where you can do that where, where it makes sense and where it's natural. You don't just make things bold willy-nilly, but you know, find some places where you can emphasize a point, make it bold, or if you're quoting someone, you can make that I turn it into italics or make a bullet list or a numbered list. And that that definitely helps people read the whole thing and keeps them engaged with your content. Along the same lines, uh, number five is subheadings. So uh, you want to break your article into sections using subheadings. If you look at um, most major news outlets, especially kind of like the lifestyle or even like the technology news outlets, most of their articles are broken up into sections that are headed up by a subheading. So for example, if you're talking about ways to speed up your computer, each each of those ways Will have its own subheading. So, like way number one, uh, empty your recycle bin. Way number two, uh, you know, make sure all your Windows updates have been performed. Way number three, get rid of all those stinking toolbars in your uh, in your browser, and so on and so forth. Each of those is a heading. That way, the reader can scan the article. They they can see what the article is about. They can jump to the part of the article that interests them, and really w- that. We don't necessarily want to force them to read every single word of our article. We just want them to enjoy the experience. We want them to get the information they're looking for. And if they need to scan and find the place where the piece of information they're looking for is, let's, let's make it easy. Um, this also helps with SEO. Everything I mentioned is also good for SEO. Google looks at those subheadings to see if there's any keywords in those subheadings. It's going to favor those keywords over other keywords that are just in the regular body text of your blog post. So break it up in the headings, throw in some keywords in those headings, and you're going to keep the Google gods happy. All right. Way number six, outbound linking. So this is for you, Jay, who asked that question in the Facebook group. You want to also include one or two, usually about one outbound link. So a link to a reputable source, uh, if you're talking about ways to speed up your computer, maybe you can link to a Microsoft article, you know, where they talk about speeding up your computer, or you can go off to like CNET or you know a, a news outlet where they might have an article about speeding up your computer. Now, Jay did bring up a point that if someone's clicking a link that goes out somewhere else, that's technically leading them away from your website. That is true, but I think the benefits outweigh the risks in this case. If you have a good well-researched, uh, very you know uh, reputable links from your blog posts. That's going to further establish you as an authority. For example, if someone you know comes to you, they need um, their printer is broken, but you don't do printer repairs. But they need help with their printer. You refer them to maybe a trusted colleague or um, a, you know another business in the neighborhood that you have a relationship with. That you're you're technically sending the customer away. But you're not like kicking them out and saying, hey, get out of here. I don't want to see you anymore. You're providing value to them by sending them to that other resource. And then they're going to look back to you as a trusted advisor, someone who leads them to the right path when they need it. And that's kind of the same way an outbound link works. You're linking out to some, some further reading, some further evidence that supports what you're talking about. Um, you know, it's it's like the citations or the footnotes in a, in a research paper. You're, you're like, I'm saying this and I know what I'm talking about because, hey, here's this other thing that says the same thing I'm saying. Uh, one thing you can do to reduce the chances that it's going to actually send the person away permanently is uh, there's a little piece of code you can add to your links that make it so when they click it, it opens it in a new browser tab. So they never actually will leave or exit the page that they're on. Instead, it'll just open that link in a new browser tab. So now both your website and that other website are open, and then they can just go back to your website later on. Um, most blogging platforms like WordPress, for example, will let you make your link uh, open in a new tab automatically. You can just check a box or something. So it's not that hard to do. Otherwise, just look up the the HTML code for... Um, for opening up in a new tab, it's target equals blank. Uh, but look that up because there, there there's a way you have to format it. But um, that's 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 what you can do. Is just make sure that the link opens up in a new window, and then you're not going to have uh, that that bigger problem. All right, number seven. This if 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 you ignore everything I'm saying in this in this uh, in this uh, podcast. Don't ignore this one. This is the most important piece of the puzzle. That is call to action. At the end of your blog post, you want some sort of call to action. So what that means is, okay, I read your post. It's great. I got a lot of information out of it. I love it. What do I do next as a reader? What do you want me to do next? A lot of times, for journalistic enterprises like newspapers or uh, or blogs, that's the business is the blog. They want you to to read another article. So often you'll see like suggested posts or the next post or here's some related topics that you could you can go to. You can do that as well if you want to. You know, list some related blog posts that'll keep the person reading. Um, What I like to do for computer businesses is have the call to action be to contact you or to sign up for a newsletter. Now, one thing I recommend with the calls to action is that you make them different, depending on what the post is about. So, for example, the one you know, five easy ways to to speed up a computer. The call to action at the bottom could be, you know, um, let us you know do now that you've sped up your computer, let us you know do a free comprehensive health check of your entire system to make sure there's nothing else you overlooked. Just click this button or call this phone number or fill out this form and we will schedule your free consultation. Or uh, you can have them sign up for your newsletter and you could say, Hey, if you want more tips like this, you know, if you love these tips about speeding up your computer, then you're going to love even more the tips that we have for you in our newsletter. And then here's our newsletter sign-up box right here at the bottom of the blog post. So the, Again, the worst thing that can happen is someone reads your post and then there's nothing at the bottom and they're like, okay, great. Let me go back to cat videos. You want to give them an action. Tell them to take the action too. explicitly tell them what to do. So when they get to the bottom of the blog post, you can say, hey, if you want more tips like this, be sure to sign up for our newsletter. Or, hey, if you want to read some other articles that are similar to this one um, that can help your computer run better, here's a list of those articles. Or, like I said, hey, if you want us to schedule a free consultation where we can you know, help you further speed up your computer or check up other parts of the health of your computer, give us a call at this number and we'll schedule your free consultation. Any of those are good. They keep your, the person on the website, they keep them engaged, and then they will eventually be a follower or a customer of yours as a result. So can't emphasize that enough. Do not forget your call to action at the bottom of the post. Part five, uh, the last uh, piece of the puzzle for your blog post, uh, one that I want to address is the length. How long does your blog post have to be? That's always something that people struggle with. They you know, sometimes they just ramble on because they feel like they need to have it be a certain length. Or a lot of times I say it's too short. They'll have like maybe three paragraphs. Uh, very quick. You can't give enough value in three paragraphs. And remember, these blog posts have to deliver value. In spades, you have to make this be an awesome post. Lots of free value. Make the person feel like they're coming away from reading that, you know, a, a better person than they were when they started it. And I know that's kind of exaggerating a little bit, uh, but but it's true. You want you you want to try your hardest to make them feel that way. So make it as thorough as possible. Give them lots of hints, lots of tips, lots of walkthroughs, lots of step by steps. Um, you, you know, lots of you put in some videos from YouTube in there, gives them some links to other pages, Um, but you want to make it a good length. So as far as length is concerned, my advice to you is the longer, the better. The longer, the better, while still being helpful and relevant. So again, you don't want to ramble on, you don't want to repeat the same thing over and over again, but you want to go into depth as much as you can and you want to shoot for about a thousand words so I like 1,000 words, maybe 800 to 1,000 words is a good, meaty blog post. That's the length of post that we write in Tech Blog Builder. It's good. It, it gives you a nice intro. Um, then you can have your points in the middle and then a nice conclusion and you wrap it all up in a bow. That's a nice, solid blog post. Um, the research has shown that actually the, the, um, like the, the, the benchmark for length of content on a post is 2,000 words. So 2000 word posts uh, perform wetter, better in search results all things being equal than longer or shorter posts. So if you go over 2000 words that's too much um, and if you're under 800 words that's too little but between 800 and 8, I think is realistic for or 800 and 1000 is realistic for for you know a computer business. To get to 2000 words that takes a lot uh, and that'll be hard to do unless you're doing like a comprehensive walkthrough or something like that, which is great. Um, But uh, just shoot for 1,000 as a goal. Um, Just make sure you're keeping the reader engaged throughout the entire process. All right, guys. So that is it. Let's uh, just review those really quick. The eight tips to write an effective blog post. Number one, captivating headline. Remember the formula, result plus period of time, plus address any objections or asking a question and then answering it in the title. Number two, relevant images. Number three, interlinking. Number four, varied formatting. Number five, subheadings. Number six, outbound linking. Number seven, the call to action, the most important one. And number eight, the length, which should be around 800 to 1,000 words. If you do these things I said on a weekly basis, not saying every day, but like on a weekly basis, once a week you produce this caliber of blog post on a consistent basis. And you make sure to share it to your customers, share it on social media, and then you keep producing it. And the search, the search engines will love you. I guarantee eventually, and it's probably not going to take that long. You're going to get a client. You're going to get a service call. You're going to get someone to contact you because of the post they read. I see it happen all the time. I've, it's already been happening with tech blog builder customers and it can happen if you put the effort into it, whether it's you or whether you hire somebody. Uh, but it is worth it. I think it's, it's worth the effort. It's worth the time invested or the money invested, uh, because it just takes one blog post to hit the nerve with, with someone and then they'll, you know, they'll hire you for hundreds or thousands of dollars and, uh, and it's great. So I hope that was helpful. Um, I hope you didn't mind me yammering on for the uh, the entire episode. Uh, but I appreciate the questions you guys were asking. Uh, that was very good. Uh, Helped help me think about things a little bit. And uh, hopefully that uh, that answered your question. And uh, you guys are going to be start producing excellent blog posts. Uh, share the blog posts. If you write a post you're specifically or especially proud of, share it in the Computer Business Marketing Group or send it to me and let me, you know, say, hey, what do you think of this post? I'd love to check out the blog post you guys are writing as a result of this formula. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Computer Business Marketing Show. Uh, the, the second sponsor for this episode is Tech Blog Builder. So if you want a blog written exactly how we talked about on this episode, head on over to techblogbuilder.com. And that is going to do it for this episode of Computer Business Marketing Show. Let's keep the conversation going. Head on over to ComputerBusinessMarketing.com and leave a comment in the comments section. Uh, And don't forget to review us in iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to this podcast. Every review helps us get found. And we haven't received a review in a while. So I'd love to hear what you guys think of the show. Uh, Please leave us a review. Uh, also, if you haven't joined us, please do so. Join us in the Facebook group, the Computer Business Marketing Group. Just go to techsitebuilder.com group. That'll forward you to the uh, Computer Business Marketing Group. And from there, you can get lots of tips and ask questions and learn from other computer business owners. And it's a great group. Uh, lots of great stuff going on over there. We'd love to have you there. And uh, that is going to do it for this episode of the Computer Business marketing show. Don't forget to check out our sponsors, Tech Reputation and Tech Blog Builder. My name is Matthew Rodella saying here's to your success.